The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 smart bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. I am your host, Pete Sweeney, of course, joined by Sean Barber, wearing the Len Dawson number 16 jersey today, and uh, the Arrowhead Pride manager, uh, Joel Thorman. Guys, I mean, it's finally here, just days away from Chiefs Patriots. I can't wait. Obviously, I can't wait. Uh, it's it's this entire week, ever since cutdowns, uh, has been going very, very slow. So I, I just, I'm ready. Well, it's been Red Monday, and now I feel like Red Tuesday, followed by Red Wednesday. I can't wait for kickoff Thursday so we can get uh, start off the <laughs> all red everything. This week. All red everything this week. Big news this week. I just want to cover two news items before we get into the game. Out of nowhere, Steve Nelson starting the year on the IR. Sure explains why they were supposedly interested in Joe Hayden last week. Right uh, now, yeah, there's uh, that's a tough one to swallow. But I felt like they had problems all last year with the right corner uh, position. And this is really about, like, how you're going to replace that slot guy. Uh, so I think that's the more interesting, like, X's and O's uh, question. Like, is Ron Parker going to come down, all that? It's certainly not good. It's not going to ruin their season. But, yeah, not ideal to have your number two corner go down days before the season. I think the important thing here, though, uh, you know, we saw the Chiefs release C.J. Spiller. I think fans need to know that he was never really released. Right. It seemed like there was some sort of hidden deal there because he had a great training camp. It was a real baffling move, and then he's right back on the team. So what Chiefs fans should know about that is they probably told him ahead of time, hey, we're going to release you, and then we're signing you right back just to avoid these personnel problems. Well, especially because there was only two running backs left remaining. So I think CJ and his agent probably felt like um, they had some comfort level with Red Beach talking about, hey, we're going to bring you right back. It would have been different if it was four or five running backs still on the roster. It would have been a different right. level. It was really <laughs> weird for a few minutes where they only had two running backs. Right. You're like, what are they doing? But, uh, no, it made, made a lot more sense when you found out what happened. Yep. Uh, some surprise cuts just very quickly. 
Spiller, who returned. Gavin Escobar, some of us thought he would make it. He was cut. Justin March Lillard, now a member of the Miami Dolphins. We'll see on Christmas. And then uh, Devontae Bosby, we thought maybe could make the roster, and uh, didn't wind up doing so. But here we go. Let's get to this New England game. This is a tough place to play, Joel. That's what I hear. Brady, 50-1 and one at home against AFC teams in his last 51 games. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> and listen to this scary stat. Since 2001, Tom Brady starts at home 92-15, and 15, 196 touchdowns, 53 picks in those games. Is this a winnable game, Sean? Man, I think it is, man. Like, you know, facts are facts. There's certain things that you just got to realize. The, the, the Patriots are tough to beat at home, but you know that going into it. So I'm more scared of things that are unknown. You know, I have fear in the unknown. But anything I know about, we know they got Tom Brady. We know they got an awesome passing game. We know Gronk is healthy. Those things we know about. It's the Brandon Cooks. It's the things that I haven't seen before by the Patriots. Those are the things that really worry me. Now, you mentioned Tom Brady, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Patriots offense versus his Chiefs defense. You know, we were talking about this all training camp and preseason. Maybe the one weakness on this defense is the right cornerback. Steve Nelson, who we really liked, will not be playing in this game. He won't be playing for eight weeks. Tom Brady versus his right cornerback. What do you think? Well, at least the Chiefs know that he's out and that this didn't happen in the middle of the game. So I guess that's a plus that they can kind of prepare for it a little bit. But no question, you're going to see Philip Gaines out there for a little while. He's going to get lit up. They'll bring in, you know, DJ White or Terrence Mitchell or somebody else, and they'll get lit up. I just think you just got to adjust your expectations and understand that, you know, even Peters is going to get hit a couple of times. You know, you're just you're not going to beat Brady consistently. I, th- I think you're hoping that for whatever reason, he makes one of his rare mistakes and, you know, you're, you're close enough and in position to take advantage. Sutton's defense is going to be very, uh, it's going to be very important. He highlights the pressure package. The one thing you can do when you know you have a weakness as a corner is you can really highlight your uh, pressure package. And what you do with that is you always hope that your pressure dictates where the offense throws the ball. So if you bring pressure off a certain side, you know, one thing about Tom Brady, he's almost mechanical. He's so good that you can almost really anticipate where he's going to go with the ball against pressure up the middle, pressure off the edge, zone blitzes. So if you can dictate to where he's going to you know, target you by bringing pressure, sometimes I think that can work to um, Coach Sutton's benefit. And this thing I've seen with Brady, I mean, over the years is, you know, you hit him once or twice. He isn't really faced. But this is a guy, the way to beat him is to hit him, hit him, hit him every game. And it still may not matter by the end of it, but the Chiefs have the, the guys to do so. If you're assuming, and we should assume because there's been no signs otherwise, that D. Ford and Justin Houston are healthy. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, I still think there's some you know some question with both those guys, like what kind of performance we're going to get out of them. But yeah, if if one of those guys has you know a one or two sack performance, I think it clearly can change you know the course of the game, especially especially Houston. If Houston, I'll say it now, if Houston doesn't have a big game, I I don't see any way the Chiefs win this game. Yeah, Justin Houston needs to be pressuring Tom Brady. As far as Terrence Mitchell and Philip Gaines go, how, how do you think they lay it out in this game? Because we've seen different looks throughout the training camp and preseason. So I think they're going to go. I think they're going to bring Ron Parker down in the slot because they have so much safety depth. Terrence Mitchell bumps out to the outside. You have Sorensen and even Eric Murray. At I was about to say, even if Eric Murray's out there, yeah. I don't feel bad about that. Right, and he and he and he was a college corner too. So I think he's, you know, capable of, uh, of of kind of doing some covering there as well. So I think they, you know, with with the corner position, I think they end up really leaning on the strength at, at safety. 
And you know, what's been one of the chief strengths throughout kind of the past few years has been this ability to turn the ball over. Tom Brady was asked about that this week. Yeah, they have a they have playmakers. So, I mean, Derek Johnson's one of the best linebackers in the league. I mean, he does so many, you know, things for that defense. Um, you know, they could tell it really hurts him when he's not out there. And, uh, you know, Eric Berry's big-time playmaker, Marcus Peters, more interceptions than anybody since he came in the league. Uh, you know, Houston and Ford, I mean, they strip-sack the quarterback. So they're very explosive. So, you know, really force the ball out of your hands quick because they get a good rush. And then they're, you know, their playmakers in the secondary have eyes on the quarterback, and they're trying to make plays too. So when they're roaming around, I mean, you can't just, you know, stare them down where they're, you know, right where you want to throw the ball. You've got to, you know, it's it's always like a little cat and mouse with safeties and quarterbacks. and But they've got a lot of playmakers, and that's why they've forced that many turnovers. That's why they're so, uh, you know, complementary as a team. You know, they turn over the you know, they get the turnovers, they score points, they get a lead, they rush the quarterback, strip sacks, turnovers, you know, and it just keeps going. So, you know, hopefully we can get off to a fast start like we always talk about. And um, But, you know, it's a very challenging team. Okay, Tom. I mean, like a WWE wrestler playing possum, complimenting the defense. <laughs> no Chris to... Jones mentioned there? No Chris Jones. <laughs> I feel like I should be insulted if I'm Chris Jones. A lot of guys by name, though. I mean, you could tell uh, Tom Brady respects his Chiefs defense. And, and nationally, I don't think you, you hear a lot about it. But Tom Brady sure has been watching the tape, and, and he will be feeling the pressure. Yeah, yeah. No, first first game, national TV game. Um, people are talking about the Patriots going 19-0. And as much as Belichick tries to say that they shut all that stuff out, like, no, they don't. <laughs> you know, like they hear all this. Come on. Uh, so I do think there is um, a little bit of pressure from that standpoint. You know, and, and defensively, yeah, the Chiefs have the names to back it all up. You know, we'll, we'll see what kind of performance they put out there. But in terms of like big name players that a defense has, I mean, the Chiefs are at the top, you know. Sure. We talk about big name players. When I, I heard this in college, big name players make big plays in big games. And so that's what makes a big big name player is guys that uh, you know they have to have their goal at the beginning of the week. The goal is not always to sack Tom Brady; it's just to get him off his spot. You can't let him feel any sense of comfort back there because then it becomes seven on seven. When it, when he feels like it's seven on seven out there and he doesn't feel the defensive line pressure, he doesn't feel like he has to adjust his delivery spot. That's when you're toast. That's the main difference between the 2014 win over the Patriots. They hit him a bunch. They sacked him twice. They were, I mean, Tomba was on that game. And they were all over him. And then the 16 game, the the playoff game, I don't think I don't think he got knocked down once. Clean jersey. Yeah, he, you know, on 40 something pass attempts. I mean, they they didn't get to him at all, and it was a, you know it was a different game. The Chiefs this week been pretty complimentary of Tom Brady. Bob Sutton had an opportunity to speak with me yesterday. You're aware of uh, how doggone good he is when you played 261 games and you know passed for 61,000 yards or whatever he has I mean you know you're playing against a, a football player a quarterback that that's really talented has great skill sets great command of his offense you know in, in all regards and uh, uh, it's, it's just a huge challenge you know and you you know as a coach as a player you really you really have to be at your best as you go into this and um, it's going to be you know it's going to be a fun Fun night, challenging night, you know, and, um, you know, you just got to you got to just keep driving on in the games like this. You know, he, he like I said, he's a he's certainly um, one of, if not the best, to maybe ever play the position. So a big challenge for us, though, one that we're looking forward to. So I think we all agree that the number one matchup here will be the outside linebackers, of Tom Brady. 
Sean, what other matchups are you looking for between the Patriots offense and the Chiefs defense? Well, I think the big thing I've seen in um, basically going back to that third preseason game is Gronk's, the, the way they go at and attack defense with Gronk down the seam, especially when they get anywhere close to that red zone. That's going to be a critical factor facing the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense is so good once you get them inside the 10, inside the 15-yard line. You almost have to go strike. You have to go for the end zone from the 20 to 25 to have a chance to get a touchdown. Anything inside of there, man, we're, we're, we're stone cold. Yeah, the, the uh, Patriots offense, I see all the speed. You know, Cooks, and they added Hogan, or excuse me, who did they just trade for? Dorsett. Dorsett. Dorsett and, and Hogan, all that speed up against the Chiefs secondary. Peters can still bite on that double move once in a while. That's something to watch for. But, yeah, I mean, like, like everybody else, I want to see, you know, how they're going to use all these speed guys because it's different from the last two years. Dorsett and Cooks are two of the fastest guys in the league. They weren't on the team last year. They are this year. Only disadvantage with Dorsett is he's very new to their playbook. He, if came, he even plays. came just last week. Uh, so you look at Malcolm Mitchell, who popped up on the injury report. You don't know how healthy he's going to be. But I think the biggest thing, and you kind of alluded to it, is containing Gronkowski. Because if you can take Gronkowski out of the game, I think it changes it, especially given the fact that there's no Julian Edelman anymore. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you confident in stopping Gronk? <laughs> if he's healthy, <laughs> I got to not... to me. No, uh, I mean it's tough. Uh, that's a, that's one of the toughest players to to, to guard in the league, and I, and I think it's going to be a key for this Chiefs team. And and like like we were saying, I, I think maybe they mix the safeties around. I think that's a good point to to try to stop this Patriots offense. Like I said, well, I think the one way you can try to affect Tom Brady and affect the Patriots is by bringing pressure from certain directions. You force him to go attack certain directions. And so if Gronk is the tight end or release to the right and you bring pressure to the left left side, Brady has shown that he he fights pressure with pressure. So when he when he's feeling pressure from the left, he's going to a hot route to the left. But if Gronk's not over there, then you don't have to worry about it. But then, you know, like you say, it leaves Cooks, it leaves um, Amendola, somebody like that. I'm comfortable with them going to a six route, a six yard route or 10 yard route to the left side if we know that's where they're coming. I know that that this is a 60 minute game. But if the Chiefs can muster up a turnover or a big stop on the first Patriots drive, you maybe subdue that crowd, which is going to be rocking. If the Patriots come out and Tom Brady waltzes down the field and they score seven points right off the bat, it's going to be even a tougher place to play because these Massachusetts fans, as you know, are going to be going crazy. You know, I would say, I, I know we're getting to the offense, but in response, Big Red can, strip, can script himself some pretty darn good opening drives as well. So I think that's going to be just as important as, you know, whether or not you create that turnover. Joel, that's a good tease. We've talked about the Patriots offense. Uh, when we come back, we will discuss the Chiefs offense against this Patriots day. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. We're talking the season opener. The world will be watching Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. NBC. Your Kansas City Chiefs taking on the world champion New England Patriots. Chiefs offense time. We're going to talk about the Chiefs offense. What do you like about this offense going into this game, Joel? Everything. <laughs> it's the first game of the season. They haven't screwed up yet. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I guess what I'm most looking forward to is how they're going to deploy Tyreek, you know, what what kind of different uh, thing are they going to do with him? And then obviously Kelsey, you know, I'm, I'm probably more interested in not how the Chiefs are going to use Kelsey, but how the Patriots are going to try to defend him. Because, you know, Belichick's thing is he takes away, you know, what you, your, your one thing that you do best, and that's going to be Tyreek or Kelsey. Probably Kelsey, I think. Interesting you mentioned Kelsey. Kelsey was asked about how the Patriots defend him this week. I mean, just about every third down I got double or some type of bracket coverage. They try and hammer me off the line and do whatever they can to get in my head, but it's uh, it's football. 
I know what's coming, and it's going to be fun to see all the other guys when they're singled up and I'm getting bracketed uh, have some success. I couldn't really tell you if there's a trick other than just working your tail off. Certain routes, obviously, you'd be able to uh, stem a certain way, but, I mean, for the most part, it's just uh, being on the same page with Alex, knowing that uh, where I need to be when, when he's at the end of his drops or when he's ready to let the ball go. You know, you talk about Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. This is the battle of the best two tight ends in the league, really. It could be a game of Gronk and Kelsey. And as Kelsey was saying, if he is uh, bracketed, if he is double covered, how important is the game for a Tyreek Hill and even a rookie in Kareem Hunt? Well, that, that's what I had in my notes right here, that you got to expect Hunt, Hill, Harris, and also Conley, when they, when they, when they, when they know that they're going to go with a bracket coverage against our uh, one of our main threats with Kelsey. When they're, when they're jamming Kelsey at the line and having a safety over top of that bracket's coverage, um, those guys have to win. And when I talk about win, they got to win early. They can't even be close. Um, you got to run precise routes. Um, when there's double moves, we got to execute them. We got to c- connect on them. We got to make them pay and get them to uh, come out of some of that bracket coverage stuff. I mean, they're going to do it all day as long as we don't make them pay. So um, the running game also can do, do a lot for that. When you do that bracket coverage, the safety kind of he loses his perspective of where his fits are in the run game. I, mean, I think what you saw against the uh, Falcons, actually, in the Super Bowl, a lot of those big runs came in that same bracket coverage. Now, I know you were on the other side of this as a player in your career, but how frustrating can you make a tight end with this type of coverage? I mean, to jam them at the line of scrimmage, to not let them have free releases, that's one of the things that, I mean, really pissed Tony Gonzalez off more than anything. Putting somebody right in front of his face so he can have, not have a free release, it just throws him a step or two off his routes. And uh, when you come to the top of those routes, they're supposed to be at a 15-yard. They're supposed to be at a you know 18-yard break. And now you got to break it off a little bit shorter because your time clock in your head is going off. You know that ball's coming. Sometimes that just that throws off that time in between the quarterback and the receiver. And that's all you need for an incomplete. And Kelsey can can be a hothead. You, you think he's able to kind of get over that fact going to this environment and this atmosphere? Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, Emotions going to be high. I mean, this is, you know, he knows that the, the world is watching. He knows the Kelsey Gronk storyline and everything that goes with it. So I think he's going to be totally amped up. Surely Big Red has a plan to, in some ways, keep that contained. But also, you know, Andy Reid always says, let your personality show. So hopefully they can channel that energy the right way. But, you know, Kelsey is going to be completely jacked up. I remember that 2016 playoff game before the game, you know, the Chiefs are out on the field, the Patriots come out, you know, and they're, and they're warming up and Kelsey goes over and is dancing in front of Brady and getting in his, you know, getting in their face a little bit. You could tell, you know, an hour before the game, he was just so jacked up. So that's, I mean, that's going to be a thing to watch because we remember Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, and you know what's crazy, I think just about this game is nationally, it seems like it's just the Patriots night. I know in Kansas City, you talk to people, everyone in Kansas City is fired up, but I don't know if anyone is even thinking about the game. It's more of like, you know, at least the national narrative, and I'm sure Belichick is planning, but the national narrative is, you know, they're going to be waving these Goodell flags. They're not even really thinking about the opponent. It's banner night. Everyone's kind of assuming a Patriots win. Here's Travis Kelsey, a guy who can come and knock you in the mouth. How important is, like, Kelsey performing well early in this game for the Chiefs winning? Well, I told some of the guys that what I expect is the first snap for everybody just to do a helmet slap. No matter who you are on the field, just take the first snap. Every All 11 guys get a 15-yard penalty. Just slap New England right in the face. Take the penalty. Just let them know what time oh, yeah. it is. I like You know, this. some kind of game plan like that where you just like, hey, man, all that Super we're Bowl here, ring. We're here. Yeah, it's not, it's not 2016 no more. Y'all won that last year. This is the 2017 Chiefs you got you to gotta face right now and wake them up to let them know what, what kind of game it's going to be. So that's why, I mean, I really I hope 
the, that downhill running game where you let those guys get their, 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 their knuckles nice and bloody and really get up guys in their chin straps and move those guys, those New England guys around, that's what I think can be a really big factor in our, um, in our win. Sean's got me ready to line up right now. <laughs> I'm ready to suit up right yeah. now, Sean. Now, Kelsey did pop up on the injury report this week with a calf. I got some tweets asking about it. I really don't foresee Travis Kelsey missing this, this game. Uh, he did have a media opportunity this week, and you could tell he's ready to play. That is not a concern for me at all. I do want to talk about another guy. I know we talked about Hunt. I know we talked about Harris. Hill, obviously very important. We talked about his primetime stats. I'll read them off. It's crazy. In four primetime games last year, 20 receptions for 142 yards, nine rush attempts for 98 yards, five kick returns for 182 yards, 14 punt returns for 168 yards, seven touchdowns and 42 points. This is a guy who loves playing under the lights. And for whatever reason, he plays his best under the lights. And this is going to be national attention. Again, you expect him to have a big game, but no one is really talking about Chris Conley. Could he come out and and be a major player in this game just because, you know, the Patriots, what they do best is taking your best thing away. So that leaves your third or fourth guy. Could Chris Conley really have a eye-opening game? You know, I don't, I don't see Conley having the, the huge 100-plus yard game, but if he comes up with a couple of key third-down catches to keep the chains going, I mean, that can be significant in this game. Uh, so, um, you know, I think if we're going to get the, you know, major performance, the you know, breakout 150-yard game, it's probably going to be from Kelsey or Tyreek. I just, I just don't see the Chiefs using Conley like that. But as far as like a possession type receiver, I mean, that's going to be huge here because the Chiefs are going to need the 10, 12, 15 play drives because I doubt they're going to get, you know, 75-yard chunks in this game. They're going to have to play possession ball. If Conley can have five or six catches and three of those be for first downs and one of them be for touchdowns, that's a significant role in keeping that Keeping the chains moving, that that that, uh, that time of possession is going to be so crucial right. of keeping Brady off the field, and and also attacking where I think the Patriots are de- uh, weak on defense, and that's where uh, David Harris is a linebacker, and also Eric Rowe. If Eric Rowe is out there, man, to me, all signs is to attack Eric Rowe, Conley Hill, whoever he's trying to go. Kind of like that problem the Chiefs have, and maybe the nickel and dime sets with maybe one guy too short. You say that's Eric Rowe, number twenty-five for the Patriots. Definitely, and then as a linebacker. Um, David Harris, um, trying to you know getting him on hunt on a, a check down. That's all, all wins, all wins for Chiefs right there. Patriots fans and analysts were questioning whether or not Dante Hightower would play, but he did not pop up on the injury report, so he'll be ready to go. Aside from that weakness with Eric Rowe, isn't this one of the better secondaries in the league though? They've been playing together for a while. Does that concern you at all in this game? Well, they added a great. I mean, Gilmore's good. He's a, he's one of he was one of the top corners. Um, so they added him. They were trying to trade Butler for some reason, uh, trying to get rid of him, but he's stuck around, and he's been. Uh, you know, they they play at a very high level as a, as a group. They play with great leverage. They play with great understanding about what Coach Belichick is trying to do as far as where they're trying to funnel the ball. But what they did. I mean, if you go back to that third preseason game, is um, they got up 21-0 on the on the uh, Lions, and it was basically off of the defense just creating turnovers, punching at the ball instead of tackling the ball. And that was one of the concerns I have because it's so emotional, and you want to get at them so bad that you forget the fundamentals of being a rusher, but being a receiver, ball control, ball security. Those are the things that in that first quarter, if you don't take care of your business, you can find yourself on the wrong end of a scoreboard real quick up in Foxborough. Another thing to watch for uh, this Patriots team in special teams is Cyrus Jones was lost for the year. He was the punt returner, so people are sort of sort of expecting Danny Amendola to be taking punts back, and he's a pretty quick guy. Uh, but again, 
to lose your punt returner really so late in the game should be interesting on special teams as far as the Chiefs. Cairo Santos should be back, which is really low-key pretty huge. I, oh, I, yeah. I, your, your kicker is very important in any game, especially this one. The special teams are going to be, you know, I'm not normally like super into special teams, except, you know, besides like cool punt returns and stuff. <laughs> um, but this is totally, you know, bro. two of maybe the best special teams coverage units in the league. The Patriots, you know, they, they just uh, signed a special teams guy, and I wondered if it was for this game. So I think that's going to be super interesting to see who wins that battle. And if you watch Dave Tobe's press conference yesterday, something he noted is Bill Belichick is so good at creating a roster because he regards the special teams as so important. And what Tobe mentioned is, and he it almost shocked him a little bit because you can really hear it in his voice, he's like, they have three legit gunners. And he's like, I don't even know how they're going to use them. So maybe something the average fan, the casual fan, wouldn't take notice to. It's going to be tough for, you know, if it is Tyreek Hill back returning punts, if it is De'Anthony Thomas, it's going to be tough for them to get any open field. I wonder if the Chiefs maybe in kick returns, a lot of times, no matter where they catch it in the end zone, they would come out. Maybe now, because of the Patriots being so good, they take the touchback this game. I don't know. That's tough to change the attitude on that. Tobes always talked about wanting to take it out just because you're going against, you know, one of the best coverage units right. in the league. I, I don't think that changes. I, I think they still need to take it out. I think they should. I think the chance of, you know, breaking off a 50-yard kick return is more valuable than, you know, getting dropped at the 20 instead of the 25, you know. Agreed. And, and I think game-changing plays like that is how you beat really, really good teams like the Patriots are. Yeah, one of the things the Patriots have always done on special teams is – they, res- they reserve three spots on their roster just for special teams guys. It's always been a, a focus of Belichick, and this year it's Slater, it's King, and Ebner. So it, it's three guys that their job in the building is to dominate on coverage units. And when you pay that kind of respect to the teams and you start a bunch of starters, they, 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 there's no fear of putting starters on special teams for the Patriots. Most teams don't do that. They, they, let, they let the second-string guys, that's where the second-string guy gets to go play. Now, now the Patriots. Patriots, they, they, they let their starters play special teams, and that's why they play at such a high level because everybody plays a part of that starting field position. If you want to be part of a great defense, you have to have great cover units to make sure that the offense has a whole field to go. So you mentioned you know, them playing starters on special teams. Tyreek Hill not expected to do kick returns this season. Why not in a game like this? Why not put Tyreek out there? Seriously. I think maybe the the fear is that then you're you're adding to the chance of injury, and if Tyreek Hill gets injured, your offense really suffers. I tend to agree, though. I, I don't know. I mean, if you have your players, use them. You know what I mean? It's sometimes like it's it's like Chick Fil A. They're not open on Sundays. How much money are they leaving on the table? <laughs> uh, same same type of deal. Like with Tyreek Hill, it's it's like, yeah. I, He's run back so many times, and, and he's given you such good field position that maybe that could be the edge in a game like this. So I guess you never do know. The, the thing that you like is Anthony Thomas has shown an ability to do it in the preseason. All of a sudden, J.U. Chesson gives you a second option, a punt return. I really like what Chesson was able to do the other night. So there's other guys that could do it. Maybe just better safe than sorry. I would always put my most feared, my, my biggest threat as a return guy. There's, there's nothing that says you have to return it. You always have the opportunity to either take a fair catch or a touchback. Right. You, you don't have to return it. And so, but the threat of having somebody back there puts so much, so much pressure on the op- opposite team's punter or kicker to directional punt. You can gain the first down or two. And this, that one shank, that one time it goes upside his foot and it becomes a 20-yard punt, you turn the field, you go score. That's worth just as much as a return for a touchdown to me. And quiet that crowd. Oh. One last thing I do want to talk about, and and this goes back to everything we've been talking about. We've talked about special teams, defense, offense on both sides. How about this chess match between two of the greatest head coaches we've ever seen with 
six months to prepare. I mean, this could be the greatest, most strategic football game of all time. And I'm not trying to like uh, make it into something it's not, but isn't that exciting as well? Yeah, that's probably the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, like, like we've talked about, that they're each going to have something different that they're going to show this game that they haven't showed yet. I don't know what it's going to be, but I mean, that's probably the number one thing I'm looking for. And I did look up the numbers on with extra time to, pre- to prepare, either a bye week or season opener. Reed is 26 and 10. Belichick is 40 and 12. You know, I'm not a math wizard, but quick math in my head tells me that's a better winning percentage for Big Red, right? A little bit? No, that's not right. No, we can be homers. Advantage Big Red. Math, never my strong suit. (laughs) Never my strong suit. Well, they had so many, you know, they've had a bye like every year in the playoffs. That's where all the extra games come Ah, okay. I see. I see. I see. Well, more opportunity for Belichick. You never know. Maybe Reed uh, catches up eventually. But listen, we've gone through offense. We've gone through defense for both teams, a little bit of special teams. Getting ready for Chiefs and Patriots. National Eye will be on them 7.30 on Thursday night. When we come back, we'll read your tweets, and we'll make some game predictions. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back. We are talking about the Chiefs and the New England Patriots here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Pete Sweeney here with former Chiefs linebacker Sean Barber and the blog father, Joel Thorman. Right now, we're going to read... Your tweets, your concerns, your comments, your questions going into this game. This one from Keith McLean, 78. What is more likely? Chiefs are prepared and fired up, or they have a slow start, a la the Titans game or a few years ago or the first three-fourths of San Diego last year? I'll start with this one. I think they're fired up because I just don't know how you can't be. If the Chiefs have a slow start in this game, that's a chronic problem that they just can't get over each year. Yeah, man, I, I... I'm just not sure. It's a tough answer. I'd almost say it's more likely that they're going to start slow. And that's just because of my, I have so much respect for the Patriots, Belichick and everything they do. Right. You know, but all it takes is one big play. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the same thing. I'm going to say it's going, it's more likely that happens, even though I don't think it is likely. I don't think it's going to happen. I think both teams are going to uh, come prepared to execute. If there is one team that actually has a kind of a little fear factor, it should be the Patriots. The banner being raised and being at home, all that excitement, all that emotion, I mean, sometimes it's hard to focus on your uh, your fundamentals and your plays and your first steps and all these little things, little nuances in the, in the offensive defensive plays because you're full of so much emotion. Whereas the Chiefs, I mean, you just kind of go in there and just go play ball. The thing about the Chiefs in this game is there should be nothing to lose because they're supposed to lose this game. I mean, Vegas is making them eight and a half point underdogs. And I know when you're a football team, you don't really look at that stuff. You expect to win every game. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be something in the back of their mind that's saying, okay, if we go 0-1, it's not the end of the world. We'll come home and win. There's nothing to lose for them in this game. Go out and just leave it on the field. You never know. You know what I mean? Like, And that's how I, I would look at it if I'm a Chief. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's how they need to look at it. I'm sure it's not far from you know their, their mind that they also view themselves as legit Super Bowl contenders, national stage, and this is our time to go out and prove to the rest of the NFL that you're not just in Kansas City. It's not flyover city you know, that, that they're for real. So just imagine the NFL reaction that the Chiefs go in there and beat the Patriots. All of a sudden, this is a, we're talking, you know, Chiefs are one of the three to four best teams in your, the league. You know, and to your point, if you're considering yourself uh, in the top five in the league, you may need this game to be a 13-3 and three instead of a 12-5 and five right. against the Patriots because don't forget, and I, I know Chiefs fans maybe forget, but they had a, one of the buys last year. They could have reasonably been the number one seed so here's your chance. How many times do we see a division, a buy, a first seed 
go by one game. It's it's more common than not. You know what I mean? So here's your chance. And I know we're not trying to think about week 17 and week one, but this could make the difference. So it, that, that, that goes into it as well. I want to go to the next question. This one from at uh, the Brock Spencer. Based on New England's track record on home openers, what must the Chiefs do well to win, aside from scoring more points, obviously, Sean? I got three keys to victory. One is to win the turnover battle. Uh, and the second is the most rushing attempts. I don't, I don't really care about the yardage. You know, you got to run hard. You got to, you know, one big play doesn't, that doesn't break a defense. It's those rushing attempts. Wearing the Len Dawson shirt, coming in with old school football. <laughs> and then the third key is definitely uh, the special teams battle. Um, that starts with your uh, drive start average. And then also you got to be 100% on your field goals. You can't give up field position off missed field goals. I think the Chiefs are actually going to hang with the Patriots for the most part. And, you know, I think it's going to come down to where is your extra score going to come from? Mm. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to get this done if they don't have, you know, a defensive or special team score or, you know, a big uh, interception that you take back to the 10 yard line or something like if, if all is even, I see the Patriots winning that game. But if the Chiefs can just flip one of those, you know, their, their defense is good enough. Their offense should be good enough that they can keep this a game all the way to the end. And I would look back at the Falcons game, just like against the Falcons, right? Super uber ultra elite offense, we should lose that game, but because of a defensive touchdown, a two-point return, we win that game. We, we, we win a game we wasn't supposed to. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the same way we're going to probably have to win in Fox. My key is just don't let it get out of hand because if you can keep yeah. this a one-score one game going into the fourth quarter, how many times have we seen at that point it's anyone's game? You know what I mean? If the Patriots up by four going into the fourth quarter, all right, here's your chance. It's one, play one quarter of football better and you win the game. You know what I mean? I, I think – this game could easily get out of hand where the Patriots go and they score 17 points and all of a sudden it could be over similar to that Pittsburgh game last year. And you don't want that to happen again on national television. So, uh, yeah, just keep it within one score all game and punch them in the mouth in the fourth. And let's make sure we pay attention that last possession before half. The Patriots have been so much better than the entire league is scoring right before half and then coming out at the beginning of the second half and scoring again. The old Madden move. Right? The, the, the two the two possession turn ways. That's the, why Coach Reed always defers because I think he likes that opportunity to come out of the, to the second half and score right away. If you can stop him first on offense and then somehow have the lead going into half and then you start with the mm -hmm. ball, man, mentally, that's a little bit draining, isn't it? That's that chess game. <laughs> All right, on to the next question. We talked about this a little bit, so we'll take just quick answers here. This is from Luke Ball. If you're Dave Tobe, who do you have doing kick returner and punt return duties? Do you expose Tyreek to that or save him for offense only? A big return could win it. Joel, I know you're going Tyreek on both, right? Yeah, I, I would. Um, and, you know, I could also see the argument that you save him for when it really matters. You know, you're in the fourth quarter or something like that. You bring Tyreek out. And actually, I think that is what they would do if it's, you know, three minutes left in the fourth and the Chiefs are down a touchdown. Like, you're damn right. Tyreek is returning that kick. <laughs> I'm going every return. You put both of them back there. You have the Tyreek and Dak back there for any kind of trick plays, fake reverse, anything. Make the Patriots worry about everything. Yeah, but, fake reverses. Yep. Yep. I, I tend to favor what I believe they're going to do, and that's keep Tyreek on punt return and have DeAnthony do the kick returns, and, and that's what they've done all year. And uh, I, I like the idea of fresh legs to, for the kick return. I, I'm, I'm confident DeAnthony – I know the coaching staff loves DeAnthony for one reason or another, and I, I think he has a lot to prove this season. I, I think the coaching staff and the team really loves him, and I think he's kind of regained respect since that weird situation a couple of years back. Now it's time for him to actually perform in the field, and the majority of his opportunities to make a difference are going to come in kick return. So I like putting all that on one guy. I, I mean, I think that, that could equal results, so hopefully we see that. 
This from Michael Estill. Haven't heard a ton of buzz around Conley. Is he ready to step up? Bonus. <laughs> and now, maybe, Sean, I'll turn to you to this one. He wants to know any fantasy value in Chris Conley. I know you're a big fantasy guy. I am a big fantasy guy. Um, no, no, no fantasy value in Chris Conley this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> My fantasy value goes for um, – I only, I only go for two options. Um, if you're not one of the top two options on the team, then I got to find another – I go with another team. Okay. Um, so no fantasy value for Chris Conley. Um, though I think, like I said, I think he's going to step up. Um, like I said, five or six receptions. A few of them for first down and hopefully one for a touchdown will be a uh, uh, that'll be a win for the Chiefs, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to kind of go with that, too. Maybe he gets kind of the not fluke touchdown, but I'm just I'm just not expecting a huge game for him. But still, like we talked about, he can still have 40 yards and it'd be a really effective game. It's just going to kill your fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how deep your league is, but don't start Chris Conley this week. I don't think that's the play. The final Twitter question uh, from Luxitus. Interesting spin. Andy Reid's Chiefs only took one game to score 41 against the Pats, who needed two games to score 41 against the Chiefs. Sounds like we got a homer on our hands. What do you think about that, Bill? Lock it in. Chiefs are going to win for sure. 41 nothing. Sean, does that mean anything, that, that game from a couple of years back? No. Um, each game is his own game. I mean, each game plan is specific for a certain uh, tempo, a certain team. Um, Andy has done a phenomenal job uh, preparing his team to be as successful as they can be just for week one, and I'm sure Coach Belichick has done the same thing. So you're going to, like I say, it's going to be a chess game. The game isn't going to be won in the first quarter. It's not going to be won at halftime. They're going to make adjustments in the second half of this ball game. When you see who can move the ball, whether it's by the run, pass, or whatever, the second half of the ball game, when you watch that first possession on each team, that's going to determine who wins this ball game. That's a good point. All right, here we are. The moment everyone's been waiting for. Final predictions for the game, Joel. I'll turn to you first. Yeah, so obviously I want to pick the Chiefs. I hope I'm wrong, but I'll go with 35-27 Patriots. I think it's going to be one of those games where the Chiefs are a score behind all game, kind of hang pace, but just behind you know, the, the, the greatest coach and quarterback of our generation and the defending champs at home on the opener is just too much to overcome. Um, I think I was looking it up. Like I think there's been one defending champ that hasn't won this game since they started doing this in 2004. So, you know, all the odds are against the Chiefs. Man, I would love to be wrong. I would love to start 0-1 on our, on our prediction series. <laughs> Sean? I think the Patriots are going to start fast. The Chiefs' defense is going to be real stiff in the red zone. Uh, I think the Patriots probably going up by 10, 23-13 by halftime. Chiefs come out. And have a you know start running the ball, start moving the ball with the run. Uh, I think we, we we really own the time of possession in the second half. And then one special teams of defensive score by the Chiefs in the second half. I mean the Patriots gonna be leading late in the game, but then a fifty yard kick at the end of the game. Santos wins the game for the Chiefs. Nice. Thirty three to thirty. They're carrying Santos off the field. See how field. detailed I am. I mean I mean that's that is to to the play. To the yeah, play, to the man. Play. I think you make a good point in your prediction, and this is something that Chiefs really didn't have for a long time, Joel, right, is the ability to make these game-changing plays, and that's on special teams with turnovers. They've been the turnover kings now for a while, and their special teams is pretty good all of a sudden, too. I mean, you saw even the Albert Wilson fake punt last year mm-hmm. for a touchdown randomly, and that was part of the reason. I know it was the Eric Berry game, but Eric Berry didn't have a chance to make that play had they not that had yes, that special sir. teams play in Atlanta, and that was to beat... Let's, let's be honest, the NFC champions eventually. Yeah. So that, that's a big win, more so once they made the Super Bowl. My prediction for this game is I think that the Chiefs uh, are in an all-game. I, I think they stay with the Patriots, kind of similar to you. I think maybe they're down a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And Alex Smith, you know, 
he kind of silences the doubters, ties the game similar to the fashion that he was able to do in Denver, sends a 24-24 into overtime. But then, just like in the Super Bowl, the Patriots score a touchdown. I have the Patriots winning in overtime, 30-24. to I hope I'm wrong, too. And I hope uh, that Friday morning in Kansas City, Chiefs fans are a little happier. I think it's going to be tough. I think the Patriots are a very good team. But more so even than winning the game, I think it's so important for this team to hang with them. And that could mean a lot for them, both mentally and really just moving forward as the season goes on. It says, you know, maybe we're, we weren't able to beat the world champs on Thursday night. But listen, we're right with them and, and we can make it to the AFC title game and maybe win in New England. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Any final thoughts from you guys before we shut this thing down? Yeah, I'm, I'm just excited. You know, you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs are so good at special teams, turnovers. Like, can they out-patriot the Patriots who do all the small things right? They don't make the mistakes. Like, a lot of, like, a lot of games, that is the Chiefs. That's can, exactly what can they, they do their job? Yeah, do, do your job. Exactly. Do your job, part three, Chiefs edition. <laughs> John? As an ex-player, you always, just no fear. No fear. No fear of mistakes. No fear of anything. Just line up and run the ball. Line up, you know, and inflict your will on the person across me. I want this to be one of the most physical games I've ever seen. I want and forget the scoreboard. I'm not worried about winning on the scoreboard. I'm talking about man to man, our offensive line dictating the game against the Patriots and letting every team we're about to know that this ball is about to come downhill. We're going to feature Hunt. We're going to feature these guys. Um, this is the offense to be reckoned with, and the defense to be one of the most physical defenses you've seen over the last decade. That's how you go win a championship. It doesn't matter about the score against the Patriots this week. It's about setting the atmosphere and the attitude for the rest of the season. And to Sean's point. You know, the, the teams to beat the Patriots in the playoffs recently, Denver, Baltimore, they're really Seattle. tough defenses. Yeah. yeah, exactly. My final thought on this is if you're a Chiefs fan, enjoy the game. I mean, how long have you been waiting for this opportunity where your favorite team is finally on opening night? They don't put anyone on opening night. You're not going to see teams like the Cleveland Browns on opening night, you know, a lack of success. They want a really good game. They believe the Chiefs can have it. Here you are, the national eye. I mean, I know you're going to be, have some friends. You're going to get some food. It's going to be a fun night for everyone. And just enjoy it. I mean, you may not come out with the win, and you may come out with the win, you know, and, and that's the beauty of football. It's here. We've, we've been waiting for this for a long time. The summer's over. The fall's here. This is a big night, and uh, Kansas City should enjoy it. But that's it. Uh, we'll have coverage on OurHeadPride.com. Uh, Sean Barber and Joel Thorman joined me on the podcast today. They've been wonderful. Chiefs and Patriots this Thursday night, 7.30 p.m., national television nbc stay with us with arrowheadpride.com for all your updates thanks guys hello i'm spencer hall from sb nation and i want to tell you about my new show it seemed smart it Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. 
you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.